What's up everyone and welcome along to another episode of FKB. I'm your host for this evening, Pascal, and I'm joined by Sash resident Chelsea correspondent. Uh, dark times for my man, but we're going to talk a bit about that later. And of course, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Man City correspondent Lionel is back as well. Uh, for those of you who tuned in to the solo app last week, thanks a lot. Uh, that was kind of something different. So um, in times where the gang gets a bit swamped with work and life, we might just do that, you know, let one of us sort of vent or whatever. But yeah, it's good to have you all back, man. Um, besides like the North London Derby, did, we'll start with, uh, with Lionel, right? Uh, how much football did you catch this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, firstly, the North London derby, definitely a good one for the neutrals because it was, I think it was pretty end-to-end football. I think the football wasn't, I think it's a typical North London derby where, you know, uh, there's a lot of tension, a lot of uh, action and uh, a lot of goals and, you know, it didn't disappoint. And of course, I, I definitely can't miss out on, you know, my team, Man City playing against Forest, which we'll get into that later. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was not able to catch the demolition of a uh, Sheffield by Newcastle. <laughs> I wish I I wish I could, but I I felt I, I I kind of thought that it would it would just be like a maybe a a, a simple one or two new game, but when I woke up the next morning and I saw the score eight zero, I thought you know I thought it was new new, and then when I rubbed my eyes again, yeah. I realized it was. Did you eight. see me and Cash texting? Oh, I, I went you to already sleep asleep. At, at- 3 nil. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it was half time. Yeah. So I was like, all right. We watched, I think half, we watched the first half, I think. Then I was a bit like Lionel. I woke up. Because I okay, I knew it was going to end really badly. I thought like 5 or 6. Because the way things were going, right? Sheffield United just had nothing for Newcastle. Then I woke up. Like, I saw can you eight. Can you um describe what ran wrong in the first half? Was it like a inept attempt to defend set pieces? I think it was just a lot of naivety. Like, Newcastle... Okay, like, first off, it didn't feel like Sheffield United were playing at home to a team in the Champions League. Normally, like, you know, newly promoted side, the fans are, are you know, really, like, roaring and, like, getting behind the team, right? Felt like a library. I didn't feel like the fans had, had done their team any favours. And, yeah, like, I mean, the first three goals were, like... the Two of the three goals were set-pieces. And the opening goal, okay, I feel Sheffield United can be a bit, can feel a bit aggrieved by the way it went in, but that also boils down to naivety. Like, you don't stop playing. You don't stop playing until, like, the whistle's blown, right? Like, I think even in the championship, that that are the levels expected, so they have to take some accountability. But, yeah, I think 3 0 down at home to Newcastle, it's pretty much damage control, and I don't think they did that uh, adequately in the second half. I saw the highlights. Uh, some of the goals very, very poor, man. What What about you? What was your take of that first half? Um, could it be more than three? Certainly. If, uh, yeah, like Wilson was much better. In, or if, in or if Fotheringham wasn't. He, I mean, yeah. he did his part. I mean, it's weird when you say someone had a decent game when they let in eight. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. The first half looked very, very bad. Um, yeah, but I didn't expect it new. I, mean, no, I don't. I don't think <laughs> many people did. Like up till the Newcastle game, like we saw Sheffield United against Man City, right? Almost stole a mm. point. They defended quite doggedly. Uh, they've not really been rolled over this season. Yeah, they they almost beat Spurs 
away. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah, shock. Yeah. I totally like, forgot about that. Which is the reason that. why I'm even more shocked that how they rolled over it new to Newcastle. Yeah, it's, yeah. I I think hmm. the I think the mentally they just checked out at three 0 The goals they had conceded were so like cheap, you know. Yeah. And, and but that's not like the right mentality to oh hundred percent. I'm with <laughs> if you, you want to stay in the Premier League. Man. I'm with you. Like and and. There was quite a bit of talk by by other pundits about what it feels like to get on the receiving end of a drubbing like this. You and a lot of them said Southampton like, fans and it takes a while, man. Twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Southampton <laughs> fans glad they don't have to like glad is they're not on the receiving end of this. I mean, Bournemouth mm. just last season were were hit by nine, I think, against yeah. Liverpool. So it remains to be seen if they will survive, but. Um, I've not seen anything, at least attacking-wise. I thought defensively they were okay the first six games, but where when you can't score and you're conceding eight, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 I saw that goal difference. Uh, I was like minus 17 or something already. <laughs> and it ain't looking good, man. Mm. Um, but also happy days if you're a Newcastle fan. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you're a Newcastle fan... And you own Newcastle assets on FPL. Yeah. Just points all over. I almost did a double Newcastle, but uh, it's not been a good FPL for me so far. Like, I'm just hanging on to game week 10 to mm. use my wildcard because I think using it right now isn't going to help much. But uh, it's not the right time. But it's rough. La. Like, I, I've been siding with the Chelsea guys <laughs> <laughs> who have been doing me very dirty. Uh... And yeah, obviously, I, I think this is a great way to like dive into that City Forest game. But I brought in Alvarez, right? And because mm. of a certain someone, Alvarez gets subbed off for like 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I, 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 Lionel, what, what happened? Like, <laughs> we, we were texting over the first half, and even before we started recording to this app, like, we were feeling that. What happened to Sheffield United was going to happen to Nottingham Forest based on the first 20 minutes at the Etihad. Yeah, I, I I think for the first half, right, when I watched the game, you know, I mean, City was running them rampant. I think the, the at one point of time, one of the stats was brought up. I think it was in like the first couple of minutes. The stat was like, I think it was like 99 or 100% possession. Uh, to City and then Forest were like zero or like less than like 5% possession and then the stats were like totally in City's favour I mean at the end of the game do I still feel that City deserved to win I mean for sure based on the complexion of the game in the first half City were very dominant I think uh, for the first 45 uh, we honestly could have backed more goals but you know I think Going into the second half, uh, being 2-0 up, we were quite comfortable. But in like the first, I think in less than a minute, Rodri just had to do that. And I mean, when when the VAR like replayed the, the footage, right? I mean, it was it was clear as day that Rodri's hands was on... Um, I can't remember whose neck it was. Gibbs White. White. Yeah, yeah, it was Gibbs White, right? Yeah, it was on his neck. And I think like the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, I think it's, it's if the referee can actually... Um, let him off for that, he will be like one lucky son of a bitch. But in the end, I think after 
the referee went to the VAR and then check it out for himself. I just knew that the red was coming. And then true enough, it came. And then it totally changed how uh, the outlook of the, the, the game for the next half. I felt like Sheffield looked a little bit uh, more attacking going forward. Oh, you mean I Forest? Mean, Forest, yeah. Oh, sorry, Forest, yeah. yeah. And, and like, should they have scored? Honestly, there were a couple of occasions that they I, could have. Eh, I yeah, felt like I mean, you guys were never really in any danger, to be fair. It made for a very boring second half. Yeah, but I, I felt like, you know, Forest... Me, I've not caught like every Forest game for the past six weeks, but yeah. if this is the way they attack, right, I, I think they are in pretty deep trouble because <laughs> they don't they, they, they look really slow progressing up the field and it's it's always the same style of attack where they, they go on the wings and then, you know... When, they are when, a bit when, of a throwback. Yeah, it's like when, when they do that and then what City had to do, I mean, they, they were kind of forced to do was... To just flood the, the the central right, the center yeah. at the back. So, in a way, I think the only people that were trying to take shots were apart from Gibbs White. It was Ilanga, and like the shots were just flying all over the place lah. So, I'm quite thankful for that. There were, if I recall correctly, one or two occasions where they had shots on goal, and especially nearing the end. But thanks to I mean I don't really say this often, but thanks to the heroics of Ederson. You know, you kind of that was a fantastic us, uh, save, uh, Yeah, it, it was, was a, like it was think two great save. saves. Yeah, yeah. So it, we kind of were able to make it out, not just alive, but with the clean sheet as well. So I think all in all, it was a pretty good result. But based on the post match uh conference, right, you could tell that Pep was really pissed, uh. Oh no, like, yeah, yeah. He sure. was so pissed with Rodri because, like, you know, a senior player and. A player that I think at this point of time could easily be the league's uh, best defensive midfielder. You know, missing out best the next player, three... actually, I think he's been yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah and, and, and like missing out the next three games in which two of it is Newcastle. I mean, it's Newcastle tomorrow in the Carabao and then eventually Arsenal in the league. You know, it's going to be a... It's going to... It could lead to some unfavorable results because I think the absence of Rodri and in his state would be Kelvin Phillips. It's you could def you would definitely tell the the stucking difference in terms of how uh, City will progress up and down the field. So no faith in Kelvin I, Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I mean the man has played less than like what less than six games last season. I I, I honestly don't see it boding well for him. But I think this is the opportunity for him to prove himself. I think he has he has been talking about you know um during preseason there were so many rumors of him uh leaving the having to be booted out of the club because of the signings of Kovacic and uh, Mateus Nunes but I think he was quite firm in saying that he he feels that he belongs here he wants to put in extra shift and stuff so now I feel like it's more of an opportune time for him to step up and you know kind of like walk the walk so in these couple of games you'll see if he's really able to lift up to what he says. And if not, then I think um, as a City player, it's, it's and as a City fan, right, it's very difficult for us as fans to continue putting faith in him and giving him more time because, you know, he's, he's not like a, a fresh signing. He has been here for at least like two years. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, if he still doesn't rise up to the levels that is expected of him, I, I think, uh, sad to say, but, you know, he, he has to move on uh. 
I feel like with Phillips, I think Pep did see something in him, but I felt he was always signed more as to deter other clubs from going for him. That's the vibe I got. Lah. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but um, I'll ask Sash this, right? Like City, right? Despite their injury list, which is something you can relate to very well, but despite their injuries right now and the sort of fixtures that are coming up, right? Is there any part of you that feels there's any danger there or like any potential of like a a wobble in in their in their strike coming up? I mean, not <laughs> if Arteta makes like I I don't really think not it's just with Arteta, Arsenal though, like in general, yeah. like because they are they do have some tricky fixtures coming up. Do they? <laughs> I mean, yeah, City in many ways are fixture-proof, but they mm. do have, like, Man United. I know there's a lot to be said about Man United, but Manchester Derby, right? Anything can happen. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> they kind of play you guys. <laughs> Anything can happen against Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm stretching it a little bit. But it is looking a bit trickier after the Wolves game this weekend. Just a little bit. Um... I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like, do you not see them so dropping points anytime soon? Cause that, like, if that's the case, we should just pack it up, man. Like, honestly, they could drop points against Arsenal, but do they play them away or do they play them at the Etihad? They play them at the Emirates. Okay, which um, they, I mean, it's not like they haven't done well there in recent years, but. I'm struggling to see where they drop points, man. That's yeah, the scary exactly. part. I'm really struggling to see where where City because Arsenal points. have already dropped four points against them, right? Like City are perfect. Um, yeah, it's like the universe is giving every other club all the opportunities. Like they're nerfing City as much as they can. They've mm-hmm. taken out the Bruyner. They've suspended Rodri now. <laughs> Grealish was injured. <laughs> Kovacic was sort of injured. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like um, Bernardo missed the last match, right? Against Nottingham yeah. Forest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stones is out. Stones so. is out. <laughs> Dude, I totally forgot about John Stones. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's scary, man. Because... As in, we will only truly know that when they play Wolves. I know that's not like a great barometer yeah, yeah. to gauge. How but, much um, is a, of a miss is Rodri, right? Yeah. Because it's tough when you're already 2-0 up. Yeah. Yeah, but like like strangely you said Wolves have kind of mm. saved their better performances against the traditionally tougher sides. So yeah, that that will be quite an inter- interesting to see like how you know Kelvin Phillips fills in for Rodri. Um famous last words, but I don't think it yeah, will affect guys. City that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the only true test is against Arsenal, Arsenal. away. Right. Yeah, because Arsenal, they have something to fight for. They're already four points behind. They can't afford to go even more points behind. Like, think about it. If they How lose How crazy to, is that? We are like yeah. eight games into the season and we're talking about four points being like... If if they lose to Pep, City... Pep really ruined the Premier League. Yeah, they would have been seven points behind already. And yeah. that's like a huge gap to make up. Yeah. And can, I, I just I chime in, can I just chime in <laughs> here to say that I, I know where City will draw points. 
They were gonna they're gonna drop points when they play uh Spurs away. I am so certain of that. Especially with these Spurs uh under Postal Glue, right? Mm. I, I think it is a Spurs reborn. They they look really good attacking. I mean defensive wise, you know, there's a little bit of uh I, I would say a little bit. There, there are quite there, there's quite an obvious gaps here and there to pluck. But in ter- I think in terms of attack, right, they look quite uh they look quite uh malicious going forward. Lah. So and you know, playing Spurs away is ne- is always a City's bogey fixture. So I, I think that is definitely one area City could drop points in. Mm. And maybe Liverpool as well at, at, at the end field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Sorry, it's Liverpool at, at the Etihad. So... I don't like going you know, to the Etihad, man. We've we've gotten like <laughs> spanked there like the last few years. Whatever mojo we had against y'all like <laughs> prior to Pep is gone now. I think we like concede like four. We like, we concede on an average of like four goals at the Etihad over the last three or four years. Even the year we won the league, mm-hmm. allegedly mm. like, with the asterisks. But I, uh, I don't like. I mean, as in, don't expect Chelsea to do the league any favors <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> uh, we'll get to Chelsea, man. Because <laughs> we talked before the app, and I, despite Chelsea being a abysmal, right? Like, I just don't get it but yeah we'll get to Chelsea in a bit but since you 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 touched on Spurs right let's kind of uh bring Spurs into the conversation as well because we've seen this before right we've seen Spurs have good starts probably none so like this this I think is on record their best start to a Premier League ever but we've seen good Spurs starts before need I remind you Nuno Espirito Santo went three and three before it all went wrong but we can all see a difference, right? Like, and this is without, like, Harry Kane. I, I think it, it's just baffling how you can lose someone as instrumental as him, yet still probably though, look more yeah, dangerous it, or look more cohesive. They've only dropped points the first... Brentford like, and pri- Arsenal. Prior to the, the Arsenal one. Brentford yeah, and just, Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there are two tough teams which poses a lot of problems uh, but I think it's a lot of credit has to go has to go to Big Eng Eng Postal Glue. like I know that he isn't like a household name at the point of time and people were kind of doubting his credentials because he has only what managed in, in Australia and then most Australia, Japan and the, Scotland bro like yeah. I mean he, he left Sassuolo was it Sassuolo? No, no, he came from Celtic. Oh, Celtic. Sassuolo oh, yes. Sassuolo was deserve. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> the other flavor of the month. Yeah. I mean, both kids are green and white, lah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. with Ange, I think I was one of the detractors. I'm not, you know, like I think most people were. But my main gripe with Poster Coglu was that Spurs couldn't get their number one target, which was Nagelsmann. And I was like, oh my god, this is the most Spurs thing. This is the most Spurs thing to do, right? You settle for like this dude, who's a relative unknown from Celtic. And we saw how the last imports from the Scottish league turned out, right? With with Brendan Rodgers and Steven Gerrard, but there's just something different. Like I love the way how he carries himself in the media, which I know um, is not everything that a manager should be judged on, but I think it's an important part. He just seems like 
very down to earth. He seems like someone who is the complete opposite of what Antonio Conte was and to an extent what Jose Mourinho was. And I s- like going to the Arsenal game, right? I think the first moments where I really recognized a change was the Man United game. They just didn't look afraid of United and were daring and and were adventurous. And against Arsenal, I saw a bit of the same. Like they were outplayed, yes, for uh chunks of the first half. But I thought they hung in there. Didn't let their heads drop when Romero scored that own goal and deservedly, I think, went into the break level. But I want to hear a bit more about what y'all feel about this sort of Spurs revival. Like, is it something to really fear as a rival fan or is it, you know, is it something that's going to end in tears again for the Spurs fans, you know, just to build them up and and eventually, like, leave them with cake on their face? Mm, I mean, the narrative going into the Arsenal game was that, yeah, Spurs have been doing well, but they haven't really played anyone of note, right? And that that was like the... And they were coming off a kind of weird win over Sheffield United, right? Yeah, yeah, that was like the um, the whole build-up to, to, to the match, right? Like, how would Postacoglu and Spurs face against Arteta and Arsenal, who are supposed to be title challengers your, your title together favorites. with... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they must, right? <laughs> and, you know, the first half, before Spurs equalised, right? It was Arsenal dominating the entire yeah. game. Yeah. And when uh, Romero scored that own goal, I thought, yeah, man, that, that's comes. when we start to see, like, your, your two nails and, mm-hmm. you know, your three nails. And then when um, Raya saved that shot from uh, Brandon Johnson, I thought that, all right, I think no- nothing's going to break through that defence. And I, I even texted you guys and said that if that was Ramsdale, <laughs> yeah. it would have been 1-1. What a save that was, by the way. Like, I, I don't know insane. how many... Right. I don't know how many of you guys or the listeners actually know what I'm referring to, but there was this save by like David Seaman in the FA Cup way back in like 2001. It was ironically against Sheffield United. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about, but it gave me like flashbacks to 2001. Same like vibes, like he was behind the ball, clawed it off the line. And I'm, I'm with you. At that point, you're just like, oh my God, like this is the Arsenal coming out party, right? In a way. Yep. But... And then, uh, what, a few minutes later, mm-hmm. they conceded. That was in a, um, very, in a, in, in a <laughs> weird way. It was kind of against the run of play. Very against the run yeah. of play. Yeah, but great ball in by Madison and uh, as usual, a very smart finish by Crazy Son. finish. Especially the it angle from behind the goal. Yeah. Like he had, like, driving he in that had nothing to spot. aim at. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just... Like, we've all waxed lyrical on how clinical Son is. Mm-hmm. And a player of his experience, he just knows where the back of the net is. Yeah, and... That kind of... It was a shock to me, you know, because up till then, Spurs didn't really look like they had a foothold in the game. And then, yeah, it was, what, 1-1 going into halftime. And then second half, uh, Romero yet again... Changed. Yeah, that's when R- it all Romero changed, yet again uh, con- considered that penalty. I mean, that guy didn't have a good game at all. We have to rewind a bit though, because 
I mm. think many many people were shocked at the halftime subs. Oh yes, 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 correct. Yeah, that I think that yeah. was a big factor in how the game turned out. I I thought the reason why Arteta made the change was he wanted Tactical. more <laughs> offensive players on the pitch. That's why he brought in Havertz and Jorginho. I as in the whole Jorginho for Rice substitute. I thought, okay, maybe he wanted to recycle more possession, but it turned out to be, <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah, it, he recycled. Right. It, it was a for, yeah, it was a false move, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a tactical move, and then that uh, like straight after Saka scored the penalty, right, and then we we're like, all right, Arsenal two one back in the lead, they're gonna romp it again, and then Agent Jorginho turns up, and uh, again, it's like a triple Son agent scored. though. If you're helping Spurs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hor- so, it was horrendous, la. Couldn't believe it. It was literally sh- straight after kickoff, right? Yeah, they. I think they. Yeah. They. Uh, it was seconds after they scored the goal. I don't know how if Spurs kicked off, he got the ball though. No, no. Um, they took it off Jorginho. Yeah, like, yeah, but how did Jorginho, Jorginho get the slipped? Ball if it was a oh, Spurs yeah, yeah, yeah. kickoff. Yep. I I I, I, I get what you're saying, like It was very very. It was probably the same phase of play. Hmm. Very like yeah, very weird, man. I I I missed it because I switched games for like, literally twenty <laughs> seconds. Yeah, and, I uh, was I I think I was staring at my phone, and then I I saw uh, the commentator shouted something. Then I looked up, and then I saw someone slotting it into the net. It was damn quick. It was literally like five seconds after kickoff, like after they restarted play. I mean, five seconds after kickoff. No, no, it was five seconds after, okay, when they brought the ball back to the middle for Spurs to, to oh. start the game again after they considered the goal. And then the ball just went back to Jorginho and then... It's just Madison rough, took it off it. it's It's inexcusable and he's come out himself to like hold his hands up, right? He did an onana mm-hmm. in a way, <laughs> but I I just come on my head around it. Like, it's It's... To, to not I expect a player of, of his it. experience to, to manage the game better. It's also such a weird... It's not like he got robbed. Like, you saw Madison got robbed the first half, right? Yep, yep. By Jesus. Mm-hmm. That Almost one, like, Madison's goal. back was facing <laughs> Jesus. This one, like, Jorginho had, like... But, dude, Jesus is... um. I know he just came back from injury, but... He's finishing, man. Like, we've mentioned it time and time again on this pod. If he needs to place it, he usually doesn't score but if he just hits it reflex wise right he usually just goes in I think great uh, great plaudits to Spurs right one thing I noticed about Spurs right I think firstly is in terms of their progressive play it looks they look really good now Um, I would say that you know whenever they they played from the back right you could tell that um, which is something which is what Manchester United is missing or or rather what they bought uh, Onana for was to to play quick uh, from the back. And this is something that is, although it's absent in Man United, right, is very, very, uh, I think it's a, it's a very good uh, style of play in which uh, Postacoglu instills in his team. This is not something we have been seeing in from Man United in the past couple of games, but rather in um, Spurs. Like whenever, um, I think Arsenal's game plan was to 
press Spurs pretty high, push them back. But you could tell that the players were really comfortable in their skin, especially the defenders and the the, the keeper. La. Vicario, I think, plaudits to Vicario. You can see that he keeps his composure uh, very mm. well. And he always tries to play it from the back and tr- and does not like ping out long balls as much as he can. Everything has a, the, yeah. a measure to it. Right? Like he, they yeah, are not like, the, just playing mm-hmm. at the back for the sake of playing at the back. Yeah, you can tell that even though the, 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 the Arsenal attackers were kind of like uh, closing in very quickly whenever they make the pass, but they still stuck to the to Poster Coglu's philosophy where they just got to play quick from the back and then, you know, uh, progress up the field as quickly as possible. And mm. and I think if I were a Spurs fan looking at the way they play, I will be very excited because I think this was kind of like the way Spurs was branded back then, a very attacking... Yeah fast place style of football which I think the Spurs fan has been missing it for it's quite a, a number of years now. It's a stark yeah. contrast to what they've been watching recently, you know, under Mourinho, mm-hmm. under they've Nuno and under Poch, ironically. And even Poch, I don't think was this offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Poch was always more of a pressing type of player, not really that Yeah. Um, passing the ball around at the back. Poch was very direct mm-hmm. and then yeah, press press the opposition into making mistakes. A mm-hmm. bit similar to Klopp style, mm-hmm. like the old Klopp style. What yeah, is but the I new think Klopp style? <laughs> can do that a bit later. Just four to four, yeah. <laughs> just hope, vibes, bro. Four to four, hope to doubt. <laughs> just vibes. Darwin creates chaos. Just pre pre Alisson makes his like <laughs> routine banger of a save. Actually, like okay, since I like since Klopp came up. Liverpool play Spurs next week, right? Huge game. Uh, Spurs at home. I'm kind of interested to see how both of y'all think that's going to turn out. I think if you're a betting man and uh, you see the odds that... Which uh, we are. <coughs> yeah, which we are. I think I'll put like a quick five bucks on total goals above six. Is it... What's the limit? Wow. Uh? Is it five or six? I can't remember, but I think you can go even seven, dude. Total oh. goals, are not uh, it's not for either side, right? I th- I thought there I was think like six a you're fine. Seven, I'm not sure. I think six, you're fine. Yeah, but uh, as in as in to summarize, there there are going to be goals, lah. Remember the last goals, time we said this? Bournemouth <laughs> 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 against Chelsea. <laughs> Next week, but they Bournemouth and Chelsea, deal, man. Liverpool deal. It's it's two teams that know how to put the ball in the back of yeah. the net and can't really defend to save their lives. <laughs> what it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be on Sunday, right? Saturday, like the I usual think. Saturday. Saturday late. It's gonna okay, yeah, you're right. Sunday. It's going to be Sunday mid, uh, 12.30. So, yeah, Saturday yeah. night. Uh, Saturday I, night, Saturday I think it's, it's going to be down to whoever takes control of that, that midfield. Dude, Bisuma, man. Gonna mm. eat Curtis Jones alive. <laughs> but then again, you guys, if you guys have Darwin up front, you don't even need to play through the midfield. You just lump it forward to him. We and we don't. If you watch Liverpool, <laughs> right, we straight up sometimes we just uh we'll be under pressure. Uh-huh. We win the ball back or we win a header, and then the second ball we just like smash it forward and we have <laughs> the three road runners, Diaz, Darwin, and Salah, like just chasing mm. after it. So <laughs> That's why I said we were very much like like what Leicester used to be, you know, just Vardy and yep. Mares, 
Like Luis Diaz is Mares, dude. If you think about it, <laughs> not as good as Mares yet, but very similar. Mm-hmm. And if you if you watch the highlights of the Liverpool West Ham game, right, that's how our first goal came about. I don't think we like we've we, for some reason we can't play. I'm jumping the gun a bit, lah. I still want to hear what Lionel op- Lionel's opinions are, but mm-hmm. we didn't play great in the first half. Uh, West Ham, I think, were once again we were bailed out by Allison. West Ham played a bit more physical. You know, they were getting balls into the box, but it was that pace, man. It was Darwin, Diaz, and Salah combining for the first goal, and it, I think it, it it led to a penalty, right? But in that build up, there were only three or four touches. Darwin to Diaz in our own half. Diaz. To Darwin and then Darwin sort of miscontrols it. It <laughs> rolls to Salah. Salah tricks uh, Aguirre and and gets fouled. It's like four four touches. So we talked about Klopp's style, right? Like right now, it's very much uh, uh, just punishing teams with our pace. And now we have the if teams want to sit back, we have the players who can sort of press you far up the pitch. Like Sobosli, man. Like, do I, I love this guy? I get why Cash really wanted him at Newcastle because he's a special player. But uh, yeah. Before I like go on a tangent, like uh, wanted to hear Lionel's thoughts on on the the Liverpool Spurs game next week as well. Mm-hmm. I think based off the North London derby we watched recently, what I would say is that I think the 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 first thing that I I feel could really trouble Spurs is uh, Mohamed Salah. Because, you know, in that game, right, it was kind of uh, Saka versus Yudogi. And I think throughout the entire game, right, you could tell that Yudogi was struggling like mad. The baptism the of first, fire. Yeah. Like, like the first couple of games, right, you could tell that, you know, a young player, Yudogi, bursting to the scene. You could tell that, I think in terms of attacking stats, he was one of the most attacking fullbacks. Um, in terms of stats, they, he was quite close to people like Estupinian and maybe Walker. But in this particular game, you could tell that, you know, Saka had him on a leash, man. Like, he he was struggling to even go forward nor, or less defend. And, and like, Saka was just too good in that game to the point that you could tell that Yudogi was struggling and then Bisuma had to, like, step in to, to kind of help him as well. But even though there were two of them um, trying to close him down, but I think Saka is in a league of his own. So I think, you know... Similarly, Salah could really cause a lot of problems on um, Yudogi's side. So, we we, we got to see what Apostokogli does. In terms of the overall complexion of the game, I, I think it's like my, my bro said, I totally agree. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think at least four goals in total. 3-1 to and, Liverpool. Yeah, and, and, and what I'll say is that I think Liverpool this season is kind of like Manchester United of last season, they always concede first and then they they, they try to claw back. Mm. So I won't be surprised if Spurs gets the first goal and then we start to see Liverpool, uh, you know, wake themselves up and, and start to, to try and get back into scoring form. I will be very surprised if it's yeah. nil-nil at the end. Yeah, Not, this, this yeah. doesn't really look at like this a point, it's kind just of game. a joke. Like, FKB is just being memed, like, if it's really nil-nil at this point. But... Uh, the thing the thing that surprises me about Liverpool is despite how sort of 
open we look at times, right? Our our defensive stats actually are pretty good, man. Not just like goals conceded, because sometimes that's misleading, right? But it, 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 chances conceded, they're not huge. And the ones that are conceded, thankfully, we have the rock at the back to bail us out. But I was very fearful, uh, especially after that Chelsea game. That Chelsea game was a bit of a... <laughs> in hindsight now, it's like the data we got from that game was completely wrong, right? But the chances we considered in that game, I was I was very fearful. But I think we've seemed to righted a few of the wrongs. And, and also, we've been playing, I think, with Gomez as right back and Matip, who, to their, to their credit, have stepped up. La. I know I was moaning a lot when... Ahead of the Aston Villa game, I don't know if you guys remember that, but I think we went to, we went into the Aston Villa game with Gomez and Matip at centre back, and then we had to play that Kwanzaa. Fellow yeah, that the Kwanzaa, who, who <laughs> is, apparently is a Van Dyke regen. So sign me up, but uh, yeah, we, the the defense and the midfield is really gonna be tested against Spurs. I I'm a bit worried lah. Let's put it this way, but. Um, as much as I'm worried about their attack, I'm sure they'll be concerned about uh, what we can do to them as well. Um, how how much of Spurs' good form do you place or squarely on the shoulders of Madison? Because I think we're going to transit into another team soon, but he has revolutionized how uh It makes you play. wonder how Leicester went down, right? Then like, again, Leicester it's went down, defense. but yeah, then again, Madison, he, he was not like the culprit which led for sure, la, for sure. But it's just it's wild to think someone of that quality like was in a team that went yeah. down. But the thing is, like la- last season, right, he had nineteen goal contributions, ten goals, and nine assists, crazy. which is insane. Yeah. I think Leicester scored more goals than Man United, <laughs> who yeah, made it into the true. Champions League. <laughs> that sounds wild, yeah. right? You you have to fact check me on that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's been fantastic. And I've benched him twice and I've been punished very badly both times. So mm-hmm. I don't think I can bench him anymore in FBL. Yeah, I, I think I, I benched him in favor of uh, Sterling, right? it Visa. Yeah. Of oh in gosh, case of who? That's horrible. Sterling, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yon Visa, yeah. yeah. Oh Visa, right. Yep. Yeah. Because I thought I thought you, um Brentford would have me done too. something against Everton Me too. but I, I, apparently when I Everton saw 3-1 at Everton I was uh, no I, I watched puzzled. the game right yeah just just a quick segue yeah. for the listeners I watched the game right and Everton are full value for their win they dominated Brentford and Dokore looked like a man reborn like yeah like a kaka regen like the the Watford <laughs> Dokore la, that was yeah yeah yep, yep. insane he he I think Brentford are uh, a weird team right now because Rico Henry is out for mm. the rest of the season. Um, they don't look right without Henry. They just look like a different team. I watched I the, I watched them against uh, Newcastle as well. Looked a bit lost. Yeah, it's like I know Rico Henry is a, a left wing back, but him out of the side, right? It makes them play very differently. Right, and that right back is just. What Hiki? Is it is it is it Hiki? No, Hiki played left back. Oh, Ross level. Is that yeah? He he's just w- weird, man. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> Would you like to elaborate? He, he looks like he's <laughs> slow. <laughs> no, as in, in, in terms of, he, I don't think he's that adapted to the Premier League because he looks slow. It reminds me of when Disasi made his debut against Liverpool. Right. He just looked half a step behind. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Full value for the I win. I think uh, Henry is a big miss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think Brentford did start kind of on fire, but now we're going to see a bit of, um, the, 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 when, when the issues in squad that come into play, you know, we saw the goal seem to have dried up, unfortunately for us who still have him. Uh, Mbuemo is a bit hot and cold, build a penalty, penalty merchant. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. Yeah, but, uh, um, where were we before we segue to Brentford? Yeah, like FPL perspective, uh, and Bomo kind of looked like he was playing wing back. With um, that's what I heard. I think that, yeah. Why the he hell? Was wait, so why? Deep. Why was he playing wing back? No, because Lewis Porter was playing as the most forward. Um, he's, he was playing that Lewis DS role uh, where you gonna if you're gonna lump it forward for someone to run that. That behind like the Brentford were looking for Lewis Porter. Yeah, instead of Mbomo. Hmm. I don't know maybe they expected Mbomo to turn into Messi and like kind of dribble from the half maybe they just underestimated Everton it could be as simple yeah. as that yeah because mm-hmm. Everton like I don't know when's the last time they actually won a game away from home when was the last time they scored three goals man <sighs> I think it was, a, it was a way to Brighton funnily enough oh my god oh the one where they yeah. whooped them right they yeah, whooped yeah. them 5-1 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Everton, oh, well. Everton also a weird one man but um <laughs> yeah, hope- hopefully the more memes show up at Goodison Park. But uh, we were talking about medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean to put to put a a pin in that. I I think he's he's been essential to everything they've done so far. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit weird that they were making him vice captain. I think a week after joining, or not a week, but like a month after joining the club. Once yep. pretty much Kane left, they made him and Romero co-vice captains. I thought it was a bit strange, mm. but uh, it's looking justified. like... Yeah, justified. <laughs> it looks like he's been there for years. Mm-hmm. And actually, all the new Spurs signings seem to have adjusted well. Like, Vicario looks like he could be the real deal. He reminds mm-hmm. me a bit of Loris when he first joined. Not obviously mm-hmm. the Loris that we saw like the last couple of years. <laughs> Um, Bisuma, you might as well count him as a new player. Uh, Udogi, you know, not notwithstanding the Saka duel he had, which I think Saka can do that to anybody. I mm. think he's been solid. Uh, I think Van the Van has been probably. I a think week. it's too early to judge. Yeah, I think he's been a yeah. bit uh, uh, taking time to adapt, but he certainly got potential there. And um, I think we can only make some sort of uh, judgment call after they face Liverpool I think that will tell that, I mean if they get points from Arsenal and Liverpool right mm-hmm. it'll be very telling mm-hmm. but if obviously like a big result to either Spurs or Liverpool would say a lot about the team that gets walloped la, in a way I think uh, the jury's still out on Liverpool like I said uh We've been winning, but it's not been entirely convincing. Like I would love like more of performances like we saw against Aston Villa, like just complete domination. But I just haven't seen that. We always need like 
45-50 minutes to wake up and uh, against a side like Spurs you might not have that luxury so uh, I think a lot more questions will be answered la, like you said and with Brennan Johnson he could have been an instant hero if not for David Raya but mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how he stacks up with Son because I think um, Ange maybe saw something that, that he's trying to get the best out of Son and he sees mm-hmm. Brennan Johnson as that ideal candidate alongside uh, Madison and, and even Kulusevsky so uh, exciting times love for Spurs which is mm. not something you hear a lot especially on FKB I think the whole yeah I think just just to transit quickly mm-hmm. I think the whole um, Ange feel good factor was what Chelsea fans thought they would be getting with uh, Pochettino being what is the vibe actually like I know you're not obviously you're not based in London or you don't have like a big ass like Chelsea like WhatsApp group like a certain someone but mm-hmm. I, I'm not based in London but because the internet is for sure readily yeah, yeah, available everywhere Chelsea, right like fan groups and so all the that, current yeah. mood on social media is generally one of despair <laughs> And definitely, I've seen some fans to the rough year for Pochettino. Yeah, it's has it already begun? Punch out! I can't say I'm shocked. Uh. I mean, that's that's the internet fans yeah, now, right? Yeah. Just a little bit of uh, a bad run, and everyone goes, "Oh, managers first to go." But I know it's a weird thing to say, and I don't envy Pochettino because he has to do so much. It's from the top down really. Like, I know the players are young, right? And but the the thing is that you could get gotten experienced players with the money that you spend. But it seems that I think Boli and Ekbali, they are so focused on making it like a um, business venture, profits right? yeah. yeah really it, it really is like a business like on career mode right mm. or in FIFA manager mm. oh sorry football manager where you buy players when they're young and then you you slap the Chelsea sell them badge off. on them yeah and then you sell them off for, for profit which I hopefully it doesn't really happen but you don't really win things with kids I know that is a cliche thing that um someone said wait was it uh K- Kevin Keegan who said that you don't win match you don't win championships with kids that was when um someone said I think it Ferguson year, yeah yeah when, when Ferguson introduced like a whole team of like uh, kids mm-hmm. and then <laughs> ironically they won the league mm-hmm. yeah but that was like a one-off but I think trying to compete in the Premier League with literally a bunch of kids who have uh, years of experience or even less than that, right? It's just a recipe for disaster, as you can see, because how teams should operate, right, is you have a spine of experienced players and then you build in and you slowly butt in the the, the young, exciting, talented players around. Yeah, you don't make a spine out of young, inexperienced players and then you bring even younger and even more inexperienced players to build a team around, which is the reason why I think uh, mentality-wise, it is an issue. Um, we have Thiago Silva at the back and he has been a cult hero for Chelsea, right? But 
then again, Father Time does no. Does I saw does Chelsea no good, put la. like a birthday happy birthday post this week. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean that that's I like I didn't the even bother looking at the comments because I knew it was gonna be like a cesspool. Yeah, I mean that that's the internet for you, yeah. but that's the strange thing, right? I know I've been slating, uh, Robert Sanchez a lot, but. He has been Chelsea's Saving best player yeah. recently. Yeah. Like the saves that he's made was has been insane. Modric, um, if you guys have not watched the, the full game, right, against Villa, he was Chelsea's best attacking player. Like the ball that he played to Nico Jackson was sublime. And uh, as usual, he, Jackson just couldn't finish. I think it's a good thing that he got suspended because it takes him out of the firing line, he can just have a breather on the sidelines. But the issue is right now, I'm not sure who plays striker for Chelsea right now. Probably Sterling, right? Or Broya. Bro- maybe Broya will come on, but I think Sterling would start against uh, Bryce Sterling and Palmer on the right. That's I, I think that's what Poch is going to do. But the, Yeah, the thing is that Palmer looks... I think the whole Chelsea team looks so much better, right? Even though... Yeah, I'm going to come to the red card later, but Chelsea went down to 10 men. Palmer came on, and Chelsea looked so much better. So, I don't really know the reason why Palmer has not been starting the game so far. I have no reason... I, I mean, I I don't know why Colwell has been playing left-back instead of Chilwell. So, there are a lot of questions I'm seeing that... Colwell get skinned a lot for goals... Like like at left back, right? They're, they're not really mistakes. But if you really look at the goals, Watkins, uh mm-hmm. Luis Diaz first game, Mikel Antonio, that's already three goals that were primarily like him being either outmuscled or outpaced. And yeah, I mean, but it's, that it's is not a shock, right? Because you're you're playing him sort of outside. Yeah, it's like he he wants to play more central. Mm. And him getting skinned at the sort of the wide, wider ends of the, the pitch, it kind of... Because sh- firstly, he, he's, he's still relatively young and he has not really played left back. So I don't know what's this fixation on why Colville has to be played at left back when we have a perfectly good Chelsea well, vice captain next at left back. game because since yeah, Gusto it's only is, because Gusto is Gusto suspended. Gusto is out and Reese James is out, right? So they're probably yeah. gonna put Dizasi right back and then either Dizasi or Caicedo back to left back. Yeah, Caicedo at right. I, back I think Caicedo will play right back. How is Caicedo, by the way? He was good in uh, in the Villa match, okay, like okay. offensively and defensively okay. good. It's just that as usual. Okay, okay. It's it's the goal scoring. So like, okay, the, based on what I'm hearing, right, the performances just have been. Which is what we alluded to when we spoke before the recording, right? It's mm-hmm. not like obviously the results are like have been terrible, but the actual performances have not been dross, right? Yeah, it's like Potter, which is what makes it Brighton. so like frustrating and confusing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is why um I think a goal scorer is needed in in January oh because. God. Starting the the Premier League with Jackson and Broya <laughs> is, is not a. But that that's what pisses me off. It's like 
you guys just have like a magic bullet <laughs> to fix anything. Like there are no repercussions <laughs> for bad business decisions. Like I don't know. I think uh, yeah, you might disagree with the Ro- Lukaku thing, but what? I mean, new manager. Like I thought, Poch would have at least tried to make that work. I think Poch. I I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but. I think Lukaku just didn't want to play for yeah, Chelsea done. anymore. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, like you can't force a player to play for a club. I yeah, think you like just wait for Sancho to come back. Sancho is not going to do anything for, for United Nkuku anymore. To come back, like. Yeah, and which is the reason why I brought Madison up just now. Mm. Imagine if Madison got cropped at the start of the season, right? I don't think Spurs would have had such a good start because Nkuku, and sorry, Nkunku <laughs> is such a huge player for Pochettino and how he wants to set up and with him being out even before the season kicked off right it it just sent a huge it, it, it's the butterfly effect downwards yeah. basically yeah and I it, it really affected quite a lot of players because Enzo is being pushed as the furthest forward midfielder which I feel that it's just not his game he wants to play deeper to spray passes. And um, I think Chukumeka, who was supposed to be the backup to Nkunku, got also got cropped. Yeah. yeah. And Gallagher is not really a creative type number the 10. Gallagher one He's is more the of a one dogged runner. baffles me the most because like he was on his way out and then now it seems like he's essential. So... I don't know if that's a dressing room thing where it players are kind of confused. I think that's the problem with, with Man United to an extent, but mainly with Chelsea is that there's so much off-the-field nonsense that it's such a distraction to when you actually play. It's like, yeah, like you said, I think Butterfly Effect perfectly sums it up. Because mm. you have the off-the-field nonsense and you don't have anyone else but Thiago Silva to like tell the players like hey man like let them talk let's just play you have all these guys who are just you know they're trying to fit into a new club and they still have all this like stuff going on like yeah because I'm already how, seeing how, so much yeah. crap about love how, yeah which I can't, how I can't this pretend is I kind of enjoy supposed to work is like when your team is playing badly and you're going through a rough patch of form right mm you look up to your experienced players to like kind of spur you on. And I know this is a trip down nostalgia lane, but uh, you know that Wolverine meme where he's like lying on a bed and then he's looking at the, <laughs> a picture, uh-huh. a photo. Yeah, and I saw one like of it on a, a Chelsea meme page and it's a photo of... Um, I think you uh, sent it to I us. think it was a 2005-2006 yeah. season when Chelsea's whole team right, were basically made out of captains. Yeah. Yeah, so you had your Balex, your Drogba's, your Czechs, your Essien's, your Lampard's, your Terry's, your Ashley Coles. And that spine itself is like... Crazy. What players will look up to if, you know, they need, like, advice. If they need someone to cheer them this on. This goes back to, in a way, uh, what we were saying with City earlier. Because City have had a ton of injuries, but... Mm-hmm. Because they are strong is essentially what that Chelsea team was, right? people can can fill in the gaps. There's no one who is like, you know, okay, we're going to find out with Rodri, right? But even without Rodri, I still feel like this team has enough about them to ride that wave. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas with like you know uh, uh, Chelsea, perfect example, right? The the players just sort of panic. Yep. And then they start to feel like oh shit, everything's against us. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, like like woe is me. But um, the your your experience guys like your Bernardo Silva's, your Kovacic, uh, uh, Kyle Walker's even will in a way just be like nah man, like these injuries are happening, but we still have to get on with it. Mm-hmm. And they do so. Um, yeah, which is why binning so many players at one go. I understand that Chelsea had a lot of dead wood to clear. But they also cleared some dead wood, which I I I mean, sorry. Let me take that back. They cleared all the dead wood which was needed to be cleared. But they also sold some players, which I felt that they could still had a part help with the transition of the club, mm. like Kovacic. He has been there for a while. Like, um, maybe Aspilicueta could have been a good person to be somewhat like a James Milner type figure. Mm. Yeah, and then as in Lukaku had to go. Ziyech had to go as well but yeah it's, it's it's just a strange one like too many players were cleared out at one go and too many players were brought in in actual like real life before yeah it's literally career mode dude yeah it's like what I do in FM once I'm like yeah. two seasons in I just like transfer yeah. list and, everyone and Kante leaving was a huge blow man like but I mean, you yeah. you said it. You've gone on record to say that Kante is like done. I know he's not the the old Kante, yeah. but he would have helped with the whole transition thing. Mm. Yeah, this it, really was like it's a, a weird one. Like you people talk about clear outs and rebuilds, right? This was like the clear out. Yeah, but then again, you you look at this current version of Chelsea, right? Like you go go down. And then, like you, you look up. You see, you look at Jackson. Who, who is he gonna turn to for like goals? Like you, you could look at Modric as well. Then Modric will look around. He's gonna look at you know Ugo Chuku. He's gonna look at Enzo. He's gonna look at Gallagher. They are looking around each other and like who, who will be the guy that will it's take crazy, the, like, the en- game? It's crazy. Like Enzo is like the main guy after like six months. I know, right? Like, <laughs> this is insane, dude. Like. <laughs> so weird and <laughs> he's benching it. I can't lie and he's I'm benching the, the England vice and he's benching like Chelsea's vice captain I know like, I don't really know why uh, as well what, the whole captain like captaincy is like fried dude like how is Gallagher <laughs> with your captain <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense but do the, do the fixtures worry you because okay like I know you guys play Fulham and Burnley next which on paper are very winnable games but I just don't trust Chelsea away from home anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, for some reason, you guys get a, a mental block and it's even like creeping into your home form now, right? No, it, the thing is, if Chelsea don't score within the first 30 minutes, right? It's done. Like, the players just don't seem to have the confidence to score after halftime. That's just so bad. But I really hope the game against Brighton even though Carabao I am expecting yeah. a loss, right? You need I just the hope momentum, that. Yeah. yeah, I just hope that. I think baby steps. You need to score goals first. I I'm not really ca- I'm not really bothered about whether Chelsea win or or, or lose. I just need to see a goal. Jesus Christ, Lionel, are you yeah. sharing this? <laughs> why, why the fuck am I hearing? But I do. I can like I do understand because. Anyone who's like followed this pod will know that during Liverpool's like ultimate trench era, which was 
January 2022 Oh no, it was January 2023 It was this year We had just got mm-hmm. slapped up by Brighton and Wolves 3-0 back to back And I don't think I had seen a goal in like Four games It was that bad I thought, I thought the trench era went back to COVID when you guys but lost that, that one was different Like we were losing games But we weren't like Getting like destroyed You know like We mm. were like losing We had a lot of injuries uh, It was a weird time I think we lost six games In a row at home Or something mm-hmm. Like that Like that doesn't make any sense But the last one With <laughs> Wolves and Brighton Right Those were bad Like I watched those games We were like getting Destroyed Like By Wolves like their fans were literally like got three on you, man. Wolves, the Wolves fans were oling us for like the last 10 minutes of a game. It was painful. <laughs> so that was bad. I I always equate that to the ultimate, uh, not ultimate, Lower, right? but the, the recent trench era. So I can understand you saying I just want to see a goal because that was me. Uh, I couldn't even think of a win. I was just thinking of like, let's score. Then let's have a good performance. Then let's have a, then, then, then let's not lose. Ba- baby that, steps, that's man. win <laughs> So I get it But hearing It's just crazy la, To hear it Maybe maybe When I was saying it At the Dude, time if, You guys if, were like What is this guy talking if about If you have been like Checked in into the Trench hotel For as long as I have right? Certainly la. No, I was with you bro I was with you And uh, <laughs> No but you checked out already. I did I'm check still out applying la, for my visa <laughs> It's been rejected <laughs> For like a year And, and your, it's still ongoing Your credit card Got declined <laughs> <laughs> so now you have to do like work for them. I'm still waiting for my flight out. Yeah, man. dude. You're, you're like at the a fire festival. Packed. Bags are packed. Just waiting for my <laughs> uh that green card. But yeah, I take back what I said about what am I hearing because I had flashbacks and I I remember exactly what you're talking about. Uh. But yeah, man. Uh, uh Fulham away. I I think Fulham are a team that don't score as well. You know, famous last words. So. Yeah, no, the 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 weird thing is, um, if you're a stats guy, right? Mm. Like, Ch- Chelsea, in terms of, like, their attack and the goals conceded, right? We are top for both. Which I know. means that we are due lots more goals Why do you think I have Sterling and Chilwell in FPL? Yeah, that's so weird. Like, like Sterling like, literally hit the bar and, like, the ball was, like, two centimeters <laughs> from, like, crossing the line. I don't know, man. Like, when it rains, it pours. La. And that Gusto red card is just criminal. Like, Gusto got the ball, man. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know with refs anymore, dude. <laughs> we'll start with Brighton. Score a goal, and then we'll see we, how it goes with uh, Just gotta win on penalties. Bro. Because, like, the thing with Chelsea, right, is they have no, you guys have no European football, so you need, like, the cup games. If not... Yeah. Dude, you know how bad it is when you lose and you have to wait another week to play? <laughs> like, at least with the Cups, you can sort of, like, build momentum, but... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, at least Liverpool have the Europa League. Like, you know, if if we have a bad performance, we can, like, sort of regroup in Europe. Mm. But, yeah, for y'all, it's just, like, a week-long stewing week in long your own wait. filth. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, lah. Yeah. We'll see. I think... uh. Oh, City play Newcastle, right? Yeah, Liverpool play Leicester and Chelsea play Brighton. So, some cracking Carabao Cup ties already. Uh, who, have we not touched, who have we not touched on? United, but I feel like United kind of... The, 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 the vibes are sort of 
improving there. I, I think the, the everyone is uh, the dust clouds have settled at, at Old Trafford unless something yeah. horrific happens this weekend but yeah they just needed like to build <laughs> momentum la. I think that's what I, I said to I mean Nate, last time. Nathan has got his uh, green card stamped la. he's about one foot away from leaving the trench hotel but who knows maybe after this weekend you <laughs> can check Honestly, back Honestly I don't in, know if Man United like they just they have like a permanent residency in the trench hotel for like the last five years but <laughs> they don't live there all the time it's like they go back for like the occasional visit yeah they go back for like boot camp the, the <laughs> you, I could see United right I could see them going on a okay run in the league like win a couple draws here and there but it's not gonna get too bad but I could see it getting bad in the Champions League Mm. Like I know okay. their group is relatively chill. It's like Copenhagen and Galatasaray, right? You know, not the yep. most uh daunting of teams, but for some reason I just feel like they're gonna struggle. Mm. Like <laughs> away away to like Galatasaray, I could see that being <laughs> a very frustrating game. Copenhagen, I think uh they have to win both those both those games, but that's when the screw will really turn if Man United are not in the knockout rounds by game week 6. And I think they play Galatasaray on the final game week. So it could be all to play yep. for. Yeah, so... Yeah. It will be an interesting watch. Famous last words. I know they la. beat Palace 3-0 in the Carabao Cup and they play them again on the weekend, but... uh, Very different... I think Palace will approach the game very differently compared to the Carabao We talked about Brentford earlier, right? Palace are another mm. team that I don't get this season. It's like every they... week you get like a different like like performance. There's no consistency. I think Hoxon is very defense-based. Defensive-based. Like the reason why they looked so good last season was because no pressure. Palace was safe and I think Hoxon just decided to let them play. Whereas this season, you know, new season, Palace, not really a relegation uh, threatened team. But then again, they're not really like that established mid-table team. So I think Hoxton is really embracing this defensive first uh, mindset. And, you know, if you can shut down Edward and Eze... Eze has been the whole poor, Palace, You, you basically season. shut down Palace, man. Eze has been like good in the dribbly parts of, of, of play. But when it comes to... And sometimes it's really no fault of his own, but end product, right? He's basically like... He should play for Chelsea. <laughs> that, that's why I, I should say. It's got the dreads. Like, not, not the dreads. It's basically I know, I, I, but very showboating stuff, too. but no end product. <laughs> it's like a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. I, I think United will squeak by against Palace I think it'll be a very uh, dreary game I think Palace will make it very difficult for them but I think uh, I think United will have just about enough to see them off I think Mount is back I think Varane is back as well and I think Hoyland will get his first goal uh, in the Prem against Palace I, I have a good feeling about him but um we should talk about okay, like I think that's about it for for teams in the prem. 
we can start delving a bit into Fraud Watch. And this, because we're recording on a Wednesday, we have this gold <laughs> of, of, a, of a meme, if you will, of like news coming out of Serie A. Uh, Victor Osiman, man. And it's not, his, it's not uh, through any fault of his own, but we're, we're throwing Napoli into Fraud Watch right away because I don't know what the hell was going on with their social media. Do you media. think that... Okay, why not you explain to like the listeners on what <laughs> right. happened because so, they might yeah, not have gotten yeah. the so, news. So for those of you who aren't aware, uh, what had happened was basically Osimhen missed a penalty at the weekend uh, against Bologna in the Serie A, right? And Napoli aren't having a great start to the season. They drew that game against Bologna. And on their TikTok page, right, why any football club has a TikTok page... I, 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 I disapprove, <laughs> but I'm a boomer, so what do I know? But what happened was the the Napoli TikTok basically mocked Osimhen missing the penalty. Like, I'm not going to repeat the TikTok because it's damn cringe, but basically, like, it was doing these weird high-pitched voices. It was sort of dubbing over what Osimhen was saying, and it showed him missing the penalty, and it was sort of mocking him. Very blatant, uh, like, and I've never seen. I've never seen this in my life, to be honest. It's friendly fire, man. I've never like, seen this, why? right? Like, who the, <laughs> where, where the hell have we seen this before? Like, the dude literally won you your first Sierra R in what fifty years since Maradona, and it is how you treat him. It's just weird, like, it, it, you would think that this was like Inter or AC or Juventus like trolling Osimhen, which if mm. that was the case, it's you know fair game, right? Even though it's still very mm-hmm. cringe, but fair game, but it's your own club doing it, eh? Yeah. And do you think they got hacked? I'm sure they like. I'm sure if it got hacked, they would put a like. A they would have been a or statement, right? or yeah, you yeah. know, he. I I don't think Osiman is dead. He surely would have found out, right? He would have asked like who the hell posted this or who approved mm. this, and if I can't imagine, he would. And this is a whole different topic in itself, but him and his agent are like threatening like legal action against Napoli. I'm not sure what grounds. Uh, I think it's defamatory it's not really media okay, or something. How is it def- like it's not defamatory, but it's like it's just very lame and like bad taste. But I don't see how he can. Like I think it's affecting action, his but image rights or something. Sure, I, I don't know, but. <laughs> it, I, okay, my first thought was like, this is fake, but I think Romano would have fact-checked it before posting it. So mm-hmm. I'll give it to him. But yeah, So like the current updates on this saga is that uh, Osimhen has deleted yeah, yeah, every post of him yeah. in a Napoli shirt. Yeah. And it's just, if you go to his social media yeah. on Instagram, it's just him just in him Nigeria. In uh, Nigeria yeah. yeah. That is insane. Like, like it's it's very it's the whole thing is just really like weird and bizarre. But I want to put on my yeah, tinfoil hat, wouldn't, right? Wouldn't like before this goes out on media, right? Like, mm. shouldn't someone veto or like at least try to 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 scan what goes? Oh, hundred percent. But uh, having worked in media, right, and having worked in like sports broadcast, <laughs> I can tell you that the veto sort of. Criteria is uh, is not that stringent. 
like <laughs> because you already have so many teams, right? So, and sometimes your producer is so busy that he's like, okay, I trust you. So, unless you are giving your entire social media like TikTok page to like, uh, uh, uh I don't know, like an intern, then you're like watching them like a hawk because anything they mm. do, you have to really double check, right? But yep, if your social media like. Um, manager or assistant manager is somewhat been in the job for like a year or two. You kind of just let them like do their job. So yeah, it's like the sense of trust. It right? is like like he has no reason to like f up today. Like he's done this every day for the last two mm. years. So I think someone's gonna get fired. Dude. Oh, the way I see it, right? If um this wasn't because right now I I I don't know what's going on with the Napoli board. And Osimhen's team, because if I'm the Napoli board and this was a mistake from an employee, right, or not a mistake, it was like just a really bad, lame joke from an employee. Maybe the employee was like an Inter fan, who knows? But then you have to fire that guy or that girl, no questions asked. This is like a, you know, situation where heads have to roll, right? But if Napoli are taking the stance of like, bro, why are you mad? We're not firing them. Like, why are you mad, bro? Then you have to start asking your. You have to start asking like questions. Are like, what is going on? Like, have Napoli always just not valued Osimhen as a player? And then you have the third thing, right? Was this just completely a hack? Which mm. I feel like we would have seen a post by now addressing the situation. Yep. But I've not seen anything. Which mm. brings up my tinfoil hat theory. Makes you think. Yep. Has Osimhen and his agent oh, done this like inside, to kick up a storm thing. and get a move? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad conspiracy because theory. I know Osimhen has not pushed for a move. But he has said his dream is to play in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That's just my tinfoil hat theory. I don't know Victor Osimhen. I don't want to judge his character. But there are just too many like question marks right now, man. I feel like any PR team worth their weight in salt would have addressed this. Yep. So Napoli definitely is in the mud. They haven't clarified their stance on this. But I think also Osimhen and his agent uh, making it so public have done themselves and the clubs no favour lah. Mm-hmm. It's like it could have all been handled internally. I feel, but it's basically like what Sancho did. A bit did like Sancho at United, yeah. A bit like Sancho. So I'm I'm wondering if Osimhen will play for Napoli ever again. He will. I'm I'm sure he will because, um, I I this might have been Cash actually. I think Cash mentioned in the group chat, like nothing a new contract can fix. Mm-hmm. You know, um. I don't think Rudy Garcia had anything to do with this. So this is very different in the sense that Sancho it was like literally from the horse's mouth. It was uh, Ten Hag saying these things about Sancho and Sancho rebutting yep. them. This one, it's like we don't even know who the hell released the the video. You know, <laughs> such a stupid one of video. The strangest by the way. things such I've seen. Like dude, dumb video. Football, <laughs> football went down gone, and bro. social media came up, man. Yeah, that's. <laughs> But I mean um, Osimhen Yeah Could I mean <laughs> You guys can use his services In January certainly But We're gonna get Tony dude 
Yeah. Well, I can well, I can see that happening, man. Uh, yeah, in January lah. Yeah, who knows, uh, man. But I just feel like uh, such a bizarre story. I don't think anyone comes out of it looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely not Napoli and I think Osiman it, it uh, sort of damages his stock and his agent as well. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we all 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 of us as fans lost uh. <laughs> it's just Weird. such a dumb story, yeah. but one that we yeah. had to bring up. Uh yeah. so so f- for for my guy on yeah. Front Watch, or rather who used to be my guy, Havertz man. Oof. The new zero zero seven of this season. Is he officially 007? Yeah, he's officially 007. Like, Premier League... Wait. Premier League, Premier League six games, and, and or League including Cup, Champions League. And I guess you can include yeah, I think the it's including Champions League. League. Yeah. He's officially <laughs> 007. Such a... It, it's kind of sad and at the same time funny to see because he's playing for Arsenal mm. and Arteta kind of hung his, his hat on... Havertz because he thought that he could be part of a new like formation or new tactic that Ateta wanted to try out but in the end he made Arsenal look worse and ultimately got dropped out so he shows no signs of uh, fitting mm-hmm. in man yeah. I don't think he offered much I mean, against Spurs coming on he, he got he got a yellow card as well he got sent back to the Did Bundesliga he? by Bisuma. Mm-hmm. I think there was one moment where he just like sort of shoulder barged him back to like Germany. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's a rough one. I think he in many ways could do like with a a, a suspension or an injury like like Jackson mm-hmm. because I think he just needs some time. Because right now yep. there's so much scrutiny on him. Uh Man City in two weeks. I think if Arsenal play him right, they are gonna really struggle in midfield. Right now, he I think he doesn't, he doesn't start. Really I think he just comes what on. His role is, and <laughs> I know there are some football purists on like Twitter and YouTube who swear by what Arteta is doing with him, and I wanted to see it, but I'm just not. You know, I don't really understand, and I don't see the. I don't see what danger he brings in an offensive uh, manner for Arsenal right now. It's 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 a weird one lah. And I think the the improvement in Fabio Vieira is making it even more difficult for Harvards. So uh yeah, I agree with that take. Mhm. Uh Lionel? Lionel who you got? <laughs> Besides uh, I've got a uh, no, I've got a uh, <laughs> This person who was uh, practically Arsenal's uh, 12th man uh, in the North London derby. It's Christian Romero, man. <laughs> <laughs> One handball and then I think the second goal was also kind of it's his an own goal, yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's got to be him, man. Yeah, the jury's still on Romero. He has some really like dominant performances. Uh, but for the majority of them, he still looks very... Uh, very shady la, a bit a bit fraudulent, but uh yeah, I can't I can't dispute that. Um I think for myself I'm going with a boss watch. Uh for for frauds you can take your pick, right? Anyone who played for Sheffield United. <laughs> but 
on the boss watch of things, uh, I, I would be remiss to not mention him. I think Kieran Trippier, absolute beast of a performance. Uh, what we have been accustomed to last season, I think a combination of Newcastle's difficult fixtures and just him going a bit under the radar has, has made people forget. But I think that performance against uh, Sheffield United reminded everyone what he can do. And yeah, also like I guess Newcastle having to now double up with the Champions League, there were doubts about how much minutes he would get, especially with Liveramento. Uh, so you know, if if not only for like fans, but I think for any of his detractors or like doubters or whatever, that was a performance to sort of say like I'm still here and I am the guy to sort of lead Newcastle in this new era and mm-hmm. uh, I guess last mention would, would be my boy Dawizi another goal for him great finish more for hopefully uh, the, the, the the third of, of many to come yeah he's got four Is goals this like season like slowly making his statement as a first team player I love the like dynamic we have now because mm-hmm. I think all our forwards bring something different like Darwin Gakpo and Jota right all do like all, all play a very different style of play and mm. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Jota didn't start but if he if he made a, a 30 minute cameo against Spurs it depends lah because I could see Darwin um, playing against this Spurs high line but I could also see Jota mm-hmm. being someone to really feed off scraps if Spurs so is dominate. is Diaz like the firm favorite for the left side? I think Diaz is our Gakpo. most tricky left sided player. Like no one can do what he does on the left. Okay, but I also don't mind Jota on the left and uh, Darwin down the middle or Gakpo down the middle. That's why I say I like our options mm-hmm. lah. It's, it's a interesting or it's an exciting time. To, to watch that front line if only we had a proper CDM <laughs> but uh, that Endo bro Endo I don't think Klopp thinks he's ready for the Prem I think mm. he's a bit uh, fair enough worried yeah. but I think eventually you'll have to just roll the dice and, and give him a start because I feel McAllister is still you're, you're sort of wasting his abilities playing that deep but credit to him he's been um, performing admirably barring that Wolves you know 45 minutes disaster but I'll just put that down to to the altitude uh. I don't think any of the South American players played well but yeah I, I think uh, Darwin might might be on many uh, FPL managers shopping lists very soon Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you guys want to add if not I think it's been a good app so far about 90 minutes our yeah. usual cut off mm-hmm. Lino yourself uh, nothing for me wait, yeah, wait maybe maybe a mini boss watch I hope I don't jinx uh, it <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't lay the curse on him but um, just a little FPL 
uh, tidbit of wisdom. If you want to look for a striker, right, if you have like a, a Jackson or like a... For some reason, you're tired of Alvarez. You could go Wilson, man. I just feel that it's his time to, to shine. He's been quietly taking along and... He has a really good record against Burnley and West Ham if you are like a history sort of person. So, could be my transfer in this weekend. I don't know yet. Yeah, since we are on the topic of FPL, right? I think I have one final shout before we end the app. Uh, I think as an FPL manager, uh, pretty happy to say, I think along with uh, the 40% of uh, FPL managers who own him, big up to Mitoma, man. Coming oh, off the bench uh, in, in the second half and then getting two goals <laughs> and so 14 points. I, I, I think that has to be like the biggest W this weekend for FPL <laughs> managers, man. So if you have him and if you are planning to hold onto him like I am, well, diamond hands, man. <laughs> class, <laughs> la, class. All right, boys. Uh, I'm going to sign us out. Uh, thanks for listening all the way. Uh, a bit of a return to regular programming after the last two weeks on FKB. Uh, of course, lovely to have Sash and Lionel back on. And uh, I think next week we'll have, obviously, the Liverpool Spurs game to look forward to. And uh, maybe we can even talk some Champions League because I think we have some European fixtures coming back next week. So until next week, take care, everyone. We'll see you in the next app.